awkward. I feel like we're having a seance. <laughs> we are awkwardly close, but that's okay. Yes. I mean, we apologize in advance for how this episode sounds because we had some technical difficulties tonight that we're just not able to overcome at this juncture, but we're going to get it together for the next time. Don't yeah. worry. We don't really have the brain power. To... No. Yeah. We, we made the mistake of just like drinking for a couple of hours and then attempting to do this. And now we just have no problem solving ability. <laughs> no, not at all. And again, hopefully it's just one episode we have to deal with this. So again, apologies. Please bear with us and don't leave us. <laughs> don't leave us in our don't leave us alone with riverdale no we don't know what will happen not especially after this episode we need you yes this is i hate it let's watch it i'm lisa and i'm dawn and to get us started here's our 60 second summary it's Halloween in June for some reason, but that's definitely not the weirdest thing to happen in Riverdale this season. When Veronica discovers that Riverdale teens don't celebrate Halloween after a tragic car accident a few years ago that left four high school students dead, she declares that this is unacceptable and organizes a special event at the Babylonium that she calls a ghost show. What is a ghost show, you ask? Apparently it's monsters, movies, and burlesque, and the event turns out to be a huge success much to Alice Cooper's dismay. Cheryl and Midge even ditch the annual Vixen sleepover to attend, but they are caught in their lie by Evelyn, who no doubt intends to use that information for evil. Meanwhile, Betty and Archie try to give Reggie the full Halloween experience which ultimately ends with Reggie dipping out to let Barchi finally have their moment. Unfortunately, he then hops in a car with Julian Blossom and his gang of hooligans, and they later get into a wreck with unknown casualties. Speaking of casualties, Ethel is finally back and escapes from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy to rejoin Jughead in his Milkman investigation. Things take a hard left turn when Ethel is once again attacked by the Milkman whom she apparently stabs to death in self-defense. Is that case closed? We're not so sure. cut you off <laughs> i was so ready it's okay i well, had it ready to go I was, it, was in, it was in the chamber and... i was mostly just excited to discuss the cocktail so that we Please. can drink it before it curdles so <laughs> like dr curdle jr <laughs> like, before it dr curdle jr's <laughs> maybe we should call this cocktail the dr curdle <laughs> i mean let's do it i don't have a name for it but okay. i was inspired by the milk content mm-hmm. in this episode because it's the milkman and then Jughead is on his whole anti-milk kick only drink powdered milk (laughs) (laughs) vendetta so yeah um, I wanted a milk milk based cocktail (laughs) for us tonight which is what we have so this is called a banshee which is banana liqueur creme de cacao and half and half Oh. So it should be very delicious. But I was inspired by the milk and then also the banshee part kind of fed into maybe the Halloween theme we mm. were dealing with. So we can kind of work from there on what this is called. But we're close enough to cheers. We too. are. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Oh. Yum. Very nice. Yes. I think it. this needs to be served cold. Like we have a nice ice cold beverage yeah. here. And I think that's how it should definitely be served. Absolutely. It, it goes down nice and smooth too. Yes. I had to confirm that Dawn does indeed like <laughs> banana flavor because I know she does not like bananas. No. Physical bananas are disgusting. <laughs> Is that a texture thing or what's the problem there? It's a texture thing and I don't know what it is. Again, because I don't mind the flavor it's just the banana i can't it's so disgusting okay well my bad it's fine the banana flavor here i think i mean banana chocolate is is a great pairing yes that i agree with do you remember those banana cookies they were literally by i think like they were chiquita banana cookies (laughs) 
No. And it was a shape of a banana and had chocolate on the bottom. It was supposed to be like banana flavored cookies oh. and chocolate underneath. And I, I was obsessed with these cookies. Again, one of the many amazing things from childhood that have been discontinued. Oh, but wow. um, Probably caused cancer or something. <laughs> sure. Probably caused a lot of my issues. But they were delicious, as many things are. I always like, they have in Disney, they do the frozen chocolate covered bananas. Those are, I mean, you wouldn't like that no. because it's an actual banana. I just lick but... the chocolate off. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very inappropriate in a Disney park. <laughs> Random tangent about bananas. That's okay. Let's get to this episode of Riverdale, which felt for me very out of season, but maybe not for you because you've already been posting on your social media about how excited you are for Halloween. So yeah, just the whole fall season I'm ready for and summer has just begun. It it hasn't even begun. It's technically not even summer yet. I know. I know. We have a couple of weeks for that. But yeah, this episode, there was a lot that I absolutely loved. But again, it was just really given the the subject matter at hand. I was also very annoyed how much I agreed with Veronica in her love for this holiday and how she celebrates. And yeah, just it annoyed me that I I sided with her for once. Well, let's talk about how Veronica celebrates, at least initially, because basically she wakes up, she's all excited. It's Halloween. She gets dressed for school in a very slutty witch costume the most provocative costume i've ever seen like it was i mean what now people and even like mean girls made fun of it too like yes the lingerie level but this is the 50s we're talking about right yeah this is not acceptable no. in the 50s for even for celebrities i would argue mm-hmm. full slutty witch and she wears it to school it's not even like she's going to a party or another kind of event it's to go to high school yeah i would have been sent home from my high school had i tried to wear something like this but she's mortified because she gets there and nobody is dressed up. That was fun. The look she got, because, again, she is a celebrity that came to the school, lied about why she was at the school, is now a student at the school, and just her and her bangs have to go. <laughs> I know, I really hate those bangs. But this reminds me of pretty much any party that you've ever been invited to around Halloween time where they say it's a costume party and you're like, yeah, but like, how costumey is the mm-hmm. costume party? Because there are definitely different levels of commitment to the costume. Do you want to come in something that's just like, oh, I wear all black and wear cat ears and now I'm a cat? Or do you want to go full, I'm poison ivy, I have green, you know, Yeah, you're doing the makeup. All over the pla- yeah, you're doing the glitz, the glam. So this, to me, felt like a really significant misfire on her end. And part of that is her fault. She should have asked <laughs> if people dress up for Halloween at school because not everywhere allows that. She's also, again, she's coming from Hollywood where... She wouldn't have to ask that question, you know, so it's very, yeah, it was dumb of her to just assume that this small hokey town that she stumbled upon would be okay with that. And again, it's not a matter of, oh, I wore orange and black today. Yes. Or a skeleton t-shirt. I threw on a witch hat and that's all I've got going on. Um, No, she went above and beyond. She sure did. Although she looked better 
at school than she does for her whole other ensemble. Mm, yeah, we can get to that. Yeah. But so we discover that the reason that nobody else is dressed up or celebrating Halloween in any sort of visible way is because there was an incident a few years ago in Riverdale on Halloween where there were two bulldog athletes and two vixen cheerleaders who were going around wilding, I think Archie says. (laughs) Wilding out. In a car and they got into a car accident and all of them died which is very sad and like understandable that maybe then Riverdale would kind of crack down on what the kids are doing around Halloween. But at the same time, like maybe it's okay to, to wear costumes to school. I don't know. It seems like a bit of a dramatic overreaction to sort of like an isolated incident. Yeah. And like you said, maybe it would be easier if you're gonna crack down on the things that happen after school outdoors, you know, if they put a curfew on things. Right, yes. Fine, but then let them have the whole dress up at school thing. You know, like, compromise a little bit. Like, stop being, yeah, I... I, Or throw, like, a town-sponsored Halloween party, you know? Like, I guess that's kind of what Veronica ends up doing, but there's nothing for the kids to do instead, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that would be the way to go for something like this where you would just like discourage them from participating in sort of the rambunctious activities of the youths you know like in our day I guess it was like the shaving cream oh my god <laughs> like smashing pumpkins and, and eggs. stuff eggs yeah eggs were a big one yeah ridiculous like I I would lived in fear as a child of like the teenagers running around oh I had shit. I had a friend of mine's sister got like hit with heat balls at a close range it was bad the bruising was awful and it's yeah it's just it's wild to me the things that as much as I love Halloween (laughs) I am not a partaker like I don't really like go to parties and I know it's horrible but like for trick-or-treaters I don't open the door I just leave the outside. I mean, honestly, that's what we all wanted, right? You wanted to just, like, take out that middleman, just give me the candy. Right? Like, you don't (laughs) need me to hand it to you, and I don't really need to deal with... Because nine times out of ten, too, it is just asshole, like, teenagers that are barely dressed up that are just like, give me candy, so... They're going to take what they want anyway. That was my, that was my strategy with my friend Casey as we got older, like to the years where we weren't really, you know, you shouldn't be going trick or treating. But if you went late towards the end of the night and people are trying to get rid of their candy, then you just go up and be like, hi, give me all your candy. And they pretty much would. (laughs) So (laughs) really clean up in the neighborhood. I just feel like it's not what it used to be. It's kind of sad in a way. No, I mean, I remember when we were little, we, uh, part of the thing was that there were just a lot of kids in my neighborhood, or at Mm -hmm. least my parents, where my parents live now, it's different. It's kind of turning over in that there are more younger families moving in and stuff. But as we all grew up, we would go trick-or-treating in this giant group of like 20 people because we had like all the neighborhood kids would get together and we'd all go in one giant mass. And then as everybody got older, nobody was really trick-or-treating anymore. There wasn't a lot going on and I think you just have to wait for like the next cycle maybe yeah I I mean my again we're going on a tangent but we're staying (laughs) we're staying on theme on topic yeah (laughs) probably one of my favorite Halloweens was my uncle was a big advocate 
for Halloween, and he's the reason <laughs> I love everything horror and was introduced to it very young. But there was one year he took my brother and I trick-or-treating as Michael Myers. Like, he had <laughs> the full get-up. Nice. And the best part was... We obviously, it's our uncle, we're like, this is cool. And there were times he would tell us to stand back mm-hmm. and he'd follow kids. Oh my God. And do the full, the mannerisms, the head tilt, the whole thing. And we would just bust out laughing. And this was the age of like, do you remember the Duracell commercial, the battery people? What commercial are you specifically Oh my gosh, to? where like the people, it was... <laughs> They were, like, car- not cartoonish, but what is the, like, comic-y? I-, I don't know how to describe it, but others might know what I'm talking about. Once you see them, you'll know exactly what the I'm talking Duracell about. Duracell battery people. <gasps> oh, they're creepy. Okay, so that year, people were dressing up as them. Like, there were costumes of them. Yikes. Uh- <laughs> so, and I remember vividly this one, like, this teenage couple or, like, a group of people... My uncle chased them for like a decent block and a half <laughs> while we just stood there and watched. And I'm dressed as Scarlett O'Hara from Gone with the Wind, which would be very, very controversial Controversial today. now. <laughs> Again, I was like 12. So the fact that like I was a Gone with the Wind character. John, you're not, you're not running for public office. It's okay. You don't have to defend it. I, and I'm not on The Bachelorette, so it's fine. <laughs> um, and I think my brother was like... A Power Ranger or something. But it was just so funny that, like... But that's one of my memories of, like, trick-or-treating. Like, it was fun at some point. And then it just kind of... It's not fun anymore. I know. It's sad when it stops being fun. Because at, at that point, like, for me... I'm not a big Halloween person. Mostly because I don't like to be scared. So, like, I don't celebrate... Mm-hmm. in in the ways that most people celebrate and once the trick-or-treating kind of ended it was just like all right well there's nothing to it yeah anymore. there's nothing here for me anymore <laughs> yeah so. and I, I liked that this episode kind of brought the different aspects of halloween they kind of tried to play the field of the trick-or-treating vibe the horror ghostly vibe and then like the hardcore partying vibe Mm -hmm. even they brought it all together we didn't get to see the vixen sleepover but even the idea of having a sleepover yeah so i i agree because so veronica is devastated that riverdale does not celebrate halloween and she decides that she's gonna host this halloween party this ghost what does she call it is it a ghost party a ghost show ghost Ghost show. show and she describes it as wait a minute i wrote it down hold on stand by monsters movies burlesque and raising the dead (laughs) so great description okay like not not a no for me but not really a movie theater event i guess maybe they're showing movies but it didn't really seem like it it seemed like it was a party yeah i mean it started as a party and then it became their performance was pre-movie i believe because she was gonna show she was gonna show a movie Okay. And that was like the opening to it. Yeah, it was a little chaotic, but fine. So I thought going into this episode that everyone was going to be at this party. But that's not the case. Because apparently, uh, while Reggie and Betty are working together on his jalopy, Betty discovers that Reggie has never had like an actual Halloween experience. They didn't celebrate Halloween where Reggie came from. So... She and Archie decide that they're going to give him, like, a real special Halloween. Which I liked. I thought that, that was, was a nice incentive. It was nice. And, like, it was just... And if it had resulted in the threesome that we were teased with... Oh. That would have been oh, A+. plus. <laughs> that little, you know, dream sequence was phenomenal. It could have been longer. 
Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it was too quick. I mean, and, <laughs> yeah, it was it was quick, but I liked the theme of it being while they were in the shop. Yes, and just again, we're horn. It's horny Betty season. Horny Betty. And I would die for horny Betty. I, I mean, if we just got a spinoff of her and her dating lifestyle Man. in the fifties, because I'm fully. I'm fully invested. I would. I just want to see Betty come. We should write that one. I just want to see Betty come so bad. (laughs) Could that be the name of this drink? (laughs) What, Betty's come? Betty's come. (laughs) But she hasn't come yet. We're still waiting. We don't even know how intense it would be. Oh, my God. She's going to explode. I don't know how you survive that orgasm because she's been waiting for a fucking long time. Yeah. So... Yes, we get teased with that a little bit. But then it's funny because <laughs> later when uh, Reggie and Orangie are getting dressed in their costumes, Reggie is like, hey, so I was like kind of picking up some vibes from Betty here. Like, I think she might be interested. And Archie's like, well, uh, you know, she was uh, she was vibing on me first, Reggie. And they have this, like, really stupid, like, back and forth. And then Reggie's finally like, okay, well, let's just make a pact here. And we'll use tonight to kind of figure out which way she's leaning. And then as soon as we establish that, then whoever isn't the guy is going to back off. I liked this plan. I thought it was very mature weirdly mature weirdly mature but i mean it it made sense and i think not saying i mean archie's a dum-dum to to an extent to every extent but i'm not don't give him too much i'm not thinking that he wouldn't have thought of something like this but i'm glad reggie was there to kind of put the kibosh on the the fight of it all the battle to the death of it all right like it doesn't have to be a personal thing like no we just we figure out who she likes the most and then you know whoever is not chosen can right it's in her wheel it, it's she's got the ball yeah. she's the one that i mean the fact that they both address it too like oh we're both getting vibes from her she's giving it to mm. both of us so it's out of our hands now it's whoever she picks and i think that was a good way to go about it and then in the back of my mind i was also thinking like oh betty be careful what you wish for because this could get ugly Mm -hmm. because as innocent as it is where you're obviously going to pick who you're the most compatible with or you have the most you know chemistry with whatever the other person's going to be hurt it's going to cause something down the line yes but no i feel like my impression from that conversation with Reggie and Archie was that neither of them were emotionally invested at this point. Uh, I think Archie is. He probably is, but he's too stupid to realize that he is. Yeah. And it, like, works out that she, you know, ends up ultimately choosing Archie. But, like, I don't think Reggie <laughs> Reggie was going to be butthurt about this whole thing. No, but I also don't think he was given a fair chance either. No, he's new. I mean, he he didn't really have much of an opportunity to make headway and i'm actually very disappointed Mm -hmm. that we didn't explore that we're doing all sorts of other ridiculous shit in this timeline why not this is a pairing we've never seen before and right we are they are making pairs of people that you would never expect i mean we have midge and fangs we have you know like we're giving Veronica and Jughead. Yeah, that was fucking weird. I, I'm <laughs> trying to block do, it out. Yeah, if we can do Veronica and Jughead, we can do Betty and Reggie. And she's the one that kind of initiated this whole get together. And the whole point is because of Reggie not experiencing a Halloween that 
I would think they would have spent more time together. Yeah. During the, during this hangout because that would make more sense. Like you're trying to show him a good time. A good time. So the fact that she ends up being closer with Archie throughout this hangout is just it's interesting. Yeah, that and she does say to Veronica, I think I might have feelings for Reggie, you know. I've got little butterflies <sighs> regarding Reggie. And so explore that. And I was very surprised and pleasantly excited about the fact that Veronica was pretty cool with that. I was she surprised. Was. I yes and no. Veronica is unattached in this season. Mm. Like she doesn't really seem to care. But also seems like any chance she gets, she's going to hook on to whoever gives her attention. Yeah, but maybe it's not a love connection. Maybe she's just trying to have some fun. Which nobody's getting. No, literally. Ugh, come on, guys. Like, nobody's banging. Nobody has used the sex bunker at all. Oh, except for, did Kevin and Clay use it? I think I, they did. Wait, the sex bunker exists yeah. right now? Yeah, because I feel like we talked about this. Or are we just bringing it up because we love it so much? No, I'm fairly certain that they... When they first got together, they used the sex one. I don't know. Maybe <sighs> maybe that's what I wanted them to use, and they didn't. In a perfect world. In a perfect world, we would all have a sex bunker. So, yeah. So, I guess maybe let's finish this story. So, they decide to give Reggie a proper Halloween. They need to go trick-or-treating to a graveyard and to a haunted house. So, they go trick-or-treating. I have so many thoughts on all this, but go ahead. I know. They go trick-or-treating. For some reason, Dilton Doily gets wrapped into this. This is hilarious because they <laughs> say thank you for being our kid for the evening. Evening, right. So they can go trick-or-treating. Right. But Dilton Doily is the same age as all of them. Right, but and he just dresses as a pumpkin. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> for whatever reason, that makes it okay that they're all going trick-or-treating. Dilton Doily bails because he sees Julian Blossom and his gang of thugs driving through Riverdale smashing pumpkins and mailboxes, and he's like, I'm gonna get killed! I'm a pumpkin! <laughs> This poor kid is so traumatized by life. Honestly? Um, like, yeah. But we need to talk about Betty's costume and her oh, reasoning behind it. Yes, please. Because this is when I, I messaged you that day when I watched it, and I was yep. like, I need to talk about this. Yep. She comes down, and I'm like, oh, she looks cute. Like, who is she? I thought she? she was a German milkmaid or right? something. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> I'm Goldilocks. Mm-hmm. And says... She couldn't decide on a bed, so she tried out all three. Right, and was like very wink, wink. Oh, and if about you it. saw, and again, <laughs> if you watch the episode, which I hope some of you will, Archie has that whole like ahuga look, <laughs> where <laughs> it's like pop, yeah, eyes pop, tongue is rolling on the floor, kind of <laughs> like Jim Carrey in the mask. Yes. Like that's the look that we have going on right now, and. I fucking love her so much. She's I think that was the greatest. best idea. Yep. And she knows what she's doing. Yes. Like, she knows exactly what she said and why she said it. And that's why it, that's why it lands so well. Because you're just like, damn, girl, you get it. You go get it. And you deserve it. You do deserve it. She's still got nothing. So Archie was dressed as a cowboy. What was Reggie? Oh, I think I wrote it down. He was like a superhero of some kind, I think. There was a name for it. 
I can't. I don't. I didn't write it down, and I. Forgot. I thought it might be a superhero from within, like the Archieverse or something. But no, they said it specifically, and I'm forgetting oh, now. Okay. Well, regardless, they look doofy, and <laughs> so they go trick or treating. One Stilton Doily bails. They're like, okay, well, let's just go to the cemetery now. So they head to the cemetery. This was a bummer. I know. And Betty and Reggie are having their little flirty conversation. Barely. Barely. Like, she barely entertains it, which, I just, uh, again, like, frustrating. And then she spots Archie over by a gravestone. And, of course... It's his dad. It's his dad's gravestone. I mean, what a boner killer. So... They're talking about how they grew up together, all their memories of their childhood, and like, mm, we've known each other such a long time. And like, Reggie's watching this, and he's like, okay, well, like, I can't compete, obviously. So when they go to the next location, which is a haunted house, which is the Muggs house. This annoyed me because, first of all, I feel like the bodies are still cold. Not cold. <laughs> the bodies are not cold. Yet. Sorry, they're not cold. <laughs> My bad. The opposite of cold they're still warm yeah it's not it's too new to be haunted okay i i think that's funny that that's your objection to it because mine is just like a respect kind of issue both like it there she's taking them to this house like it's a tourist attraction and it's like two people died here <laughs> so uh, agree it's probably not haunted mm-hmm. unless maybe the evil spirit that like killed them or is responsible is like hover i don't know but i just thought that was kind of tasteless (laughs) to bring them there but they barely get in the door and then reggie's like i'm gonna bail because right like i noticed that she's like way more into you than me you guys are like connecting so as per our agreement i'm going to back out mature very mature very mature but also stupid so (laughs) he leaves and Betty and Archie have a little moment, and <laughs> it's ruined promptly by Betty spotting the milkman yeah. lurking outside the window, which I wish I had never seen because this is a creepy looking dude. Yeah, he is very creepy. And you know me with windows, like I don't like the window shots when people see other people standing outside, like I don't like that. Nope. And it was very upsetting to me. So they like stop making out and are just like, I don't see anybody. And Betty's like, let's get the fuck out of here. I'm like, I very much agree with that. So that's the end of their night, right? They're done. Yeah. And then they just pan to the counter because there's a fresh um, delivery of milk on the counter. Which is weird. How did he get from the window to the, unless he dropped it off first and then he lurked maybe. out the window? Like, maybe. Why is know. he delivering milk to dead people? Like people who don't live there. Or people anymore. he's about to kill. But he but he's not. He didn't kill them. I know. I don't know. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And he okay. And then the other slight diversion from this is that after Reggie leaves, he's walking home. And while he's walking down the lonely highway, Julian and his gang of thugs show up once again and they're like, Yo, Reggie, get in and he's like, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, it didn't take much convincing. He didn't even fight it. He wasn't even like, nah, man, like, I don't want to. <laughs> he just gets the fuck in the car, which is stupid. Yeah, I'm and, very annoyed. Well, it makes me wonder. So we find out shortly after this that Uncle Frank wakes up Archie in the middle of the night and is like, there's been an accident. And so this car 
has gone off the road and like people are in critical condition, etc. I don't think Reggie was in the car. I don't think so either. I think they want us to think that Reggie was in the car, but I think that at some point maybe they did something and he was like, this isn't cool. I'm like fucking off out of here. Because I just don't understand. Like, this doesn't make sense for Reggie. Mm-mm. Reggie has never liked Julian. And it's not like he, he, like, why would he accept a ride home from him? Yeah, and it's not like, oh, he was, you know, inebriated. And, yeah, or needed uh, help, injured, right. missing shoes, like needed a ride in some actual way right there was nothing to kind of steer him in that direction so the only thing we see in a preview is that julian's in the hospital right we're all really sad about it we're hoping he pulls through (laughs) (laughs) insert sarcasm here Yeah, yeah yeah um but nothing on reggie so we don't know yeah they're leading us to believe that something happens yeah to him but i agree with you I, he's it's definitely too, not dead no but i don't think that he was involved i think they want us to think he was but i don't necessarily do so we'll see that was like one of the cliffhangers that this episode leaves us with so let's backtrack and talk about the ghost show yeah i have a question okay who pays for the backdrops that she gets to (laughs) you know sell tickets at the school do you see what they put (laughs) like even back when it wasn't for this in particular but when it was for even when it was for the dance Mm -hmm. the production they put on in the middle of the hallway (laughs) like who does that that's it's you think insane. that Kinko's back in the 50s? Right, imagine. But even Kinko's probably wouldn't do anything this elaborate. No. You never see the setup. It's just <laughs> interesting. To, eh, interesting to me. Yeah. So she's advertising the shit out of this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Tony's going to be performing. Mm-hmm. And she asks Cheryl to come. Cheryl has this annual vixen sleepover that she hosts. So she is like, I'm going to try, but I don't know. And... Penelope is like randomly in this episode for like 30 seconds. Can I, why does she think everybody Cheryl hangs out with now is a lesbian? Did you. I forget her comment. Did I write it down? I don't think so. I think I just mentioned the thing about the lesbian because she says about moving it to a bigger spot in the house. So oh, that like, yes. Yeah, she doesn't want Cheryl to have the sleepover in her bedroom. Like, Too close just quarters. Ca- yeah, just yeah. in case. And I don't know if it's she thinks that everybody Cheryl hangs out with a lesbian as much as it's, like, Cheryl's a lesbian, so she's just going to, like, be hitting on all the girls at the sleepover. She's going to eat out everybody. Yeah, exactly. It's stupid. And Julian feeds into it as well. And so that kind of pushes her to be like, fuck this. I would rather spend Halloween with Tony. So she's like, I'll ask Evelyn to host so that I can go. And she gets Midge involved too because Midge wants to go see Fangs perform. And at first she's like, no, you have to come to the sleepover. But then she's like, you know what? Let's both (laughs) just fucking bail on this thing and go to the ghost show. So it's weird. She and Midge like kind of develop a random sort of friendship here based on secrets right yeah because midge is keeping her pregnancy a secret and obviously cheryl is keeping her lesbianism a secret <laughs> i was gonna say i'm like lesbianism sounds right lesbianese a secret so they kind of know each other is 
keeping something from the other. And they reveal that eventually, but it's sort of like a, I got you, Mm -hmm. you got me thing. So they do that. And these are like the only people we know who are attending, right? Like it's, it's Veronica hosting with like Clay and Kevin, obviously who work for her. And then also Midge Fangs, Midge Fangs, Tony, Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah, like that's it. Okay, great. So fun party. We get like 30 seconds of a musical performance, which again, not going to complain. Origi- it was original, I believe. Y- I, yeah, yeah, it was an original song. Um, It's not great for anybody. No. Oh, prior to this too, Alice wanted to shut it down because right. she has with the station she and hal host a little uh the corniest fucking halloween night i kind of love it though i love how she described it too she's like so we play scary movies but then in between we have a banter right obviously and um, like it was just so bad (laughs) and she's like and we dress up and all this stuff but i guess since like you're keeping everybody in one place and it's not you know right there's really no reason to shut it down yeah she's like i guess i'll let you guys have it and so as it's going on, again, it's a burlesque style, which I found interesting. So I'm like, that's not scary. Like, you're trying to advertise this as, like, a scary night, and you're, like, telling everybody to dress in 20s garb. Like, fine. Yeah, it's also kind of weird. You'd think you'd want to encourage people to come to a Halloween party dressed as whatever they want. But yeah. to have a theme for it is, like, okay, I guess. Um, but I will say, it was it was decorated nicely and... Uh, yeah, it, it looked good. like fun. The whole raising the dead part is this musical number where yeah. she has Clay, Kevin, Tony, and Cheryl dressed as the dead Riverdale students from mm-hmm. the incident that got Halloween banned, which I think was kind of insensitive. Very insensitive. I <laughs> agree. Especially as an outsider. Like yeah, you, you don't, don't know. You don't get to come in and start poking fun at a tragic event that occurred in this town. Like, and I'm I'm honestly surprised at them for going agreeing along. to yes. perform in it. I mean yes. more Kevin and Cheryl. I mean, we're led to believe that Clay and Tony have been a part of it longer than we know. A part of what? Just the town and stuff. Cause, I mean, if you think about their like, well, Clay's new. Clay's a new student, right? But Tony, I always felt was Tony always in Riverdale. No, she was Southside. Well, that's still Riverdale, I and mean, we don't necessarily know in the fifties what that means, right? So that's why I, I'm like, oh, like it, I mean, I think she probably would have considered bulldogs and vixens to be preppies as she likes to call them and maybe necessarily wouldn't have cared so much about spoofing on their deaths but for kevin and for cheryl particularly as a vixen you would think that maybe she would be a bit offended by Mm -hmm. this concept so i kind of like i I almost vaguely understand what Veronica was trying to do in terms of maybe shedding the demons of the past and trying to put a new spin on it. Right. But again, you're new here. You don't get to decide when it's appropriate to do that. So this whole thing was like everybody reacted to it fine, but I thought it was strange. Except for Alice. Yeah, Alice ends up coming in later (laughs) and she pokes her head in and sees the performance going on. Horrified, absolutely horrified. Yeah, she's not a fan. Um, But I think that, I mean, the only time I guess we can agree with her is she's probably finding it very insensitive. 
Yeah, especially since we don't know who died in this accident. Yeah, they were not specific. And so almost almost too unspecific, as though like maybe that might be an important detail going forward. But we'll find at out the same time, we also might never find out. So <laughs> exactly. Who the hell knows? So fine. Like the event is generally a success. Like that's that on that. And then Cheryl and Tony kiss on stage as part of their performance yeah well cheryl's the one that kind of yeah sparks it she she pulls her on over and makes out with her kind of yeah because tony had kind of given her this whole spiel about like we have to wear masks every day of our life halloween's the only time where we can just be ourselves and not have to worry and so i guess cheryl really takes that to heart and she does admit that when they go to pops they go to pops afterwards her tony midge and fangs and they kind of share their secrets and are basically like, I'm so glad that we did this, et cetera, et cetera. But then Evelyn... Oh, I was listening from afar. Not really afar. Wouldn't you see her there? Right, and, um, yeah. And also maybe just be a little bit more careful given that you have a cover story about, like, not being well. Like, they lie. Basically, they say they have the stomach flu and that that's why they're not at the sleepover. And so, like... This is what I don't understand. Again, how did you not see her there? yeah. She's not hiding. No, and it's like midnight, I assume. So it's not like there's tons of people in Pops that it would just no. <laughs> be easy to miss her. You can literally just see her from your booth. Yeah. I don't understand that at all. So presumably Evelyn's going to do something dastardly with that information. But, you know, check your surroundings. Don't be so obvious. And then I guess the final component of this episode is... Jughead and Jughead Ethel. And Ethel and the Eth- Milkman. Ethel breaks out. She sure does. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah, she breaks out as Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Um, Shocker, they're a bad place to be yeah. in the 50s as in every other era. Yeah, and she kind of, she gives Jughead the backstory of that and how awful they are and all of, all that fun stuff. She's the one who gives him the idea of trying to figure out who wrote the Milkman comic to, right to kind of get a lead as to who might be behind the murders so he goes to pep comics and he asks mr fieldstone he has no idea but he says hey we're having this company halloween party which is not a real thing that companies do but okay and he says they might be there because we invite all of our writers and contributors and whatever so. which is a lot of people yeah i would think i'm all about the holiday party but a Halloween party for a company? I feel like that I should... I mean, a comic book company. I mean, maybe it's a little different for them. Look, I it's not normal, but I would love to normalize it. I think that would be a lot of fun. It would be... Yeah, it's better than holiday Christmas parties, I Yeah, think. It's, it's definitely secular, so, like, you don't have to worry about offending people in terms of their religions and such. Very true. So, Ethel comes with Jughead as his date, presumably, yeah. <laughs> to this party. Poor Ethel. I, I feel like Jughead's leading her on because he's such a fucking idiot, but he's not romantically interested in her, and she's obviously romantically interested in him. But they go to this thing, and <laughs> Jughead is very unsubtly interrogating every person there. Do you know who wrote this Milkman comic? Oh, right. Did he write the Milkman comic? And he goes through person, 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 and he finally gets to this one guy who's like, oh yeah. It's Ted Sullivan. It's Ted Sullivan. And then <laughs> Jughead's like, oh great, is he here? He's like, no, no he's, he's dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> Great news for the case. And apparently Ted Sullivan committed suicide. Suspicious. Hanged himself. Hanged himself. And then also this guy, though, who was telling him this information went on a weird tirade about how humans are 
awful basically and were the real enemies and i feel like it was supposed to make us think of him as a suspect but it was almost a little bit too obvious of like a like no a, he was okay. too much of like a no but like there was no there was no real i wouldn't peg i don't even know what his name was i can't remember did they even say i, I don't know i don't think so but i i mean i've got my eye on him because he was a little bit too intense about that conversation and he did know about it whereas nobody else seemed to so armed with this information um like they've got nothing <laughs> like they they have nowhere to go from here because now they can't talk to the person who wrote the milkman comic ethel has been staying at brad rayberry's apartment which makes no sense and is just as insensitive as betty taking them to the mug's house for her haunted house tour and also did jughead look at it as like oh a killer won't strike twice in the same place i have no idea i don't think he said that no but but that's like was that his thought process like that's a safe place for you to be one of the things he said was that the rent is paid through the rest of the year which is a weird thing for him to know first of all and second of all like that's still it's like a crime scene why would you want to live there i don't know i don't know why he couldn't offer her the spare bedroom of his train car because he's got he's got like tons of room oh my god my favorite was at the very beginning when he's talking to sheriff keller oh yes and they were interrogating him and he was like well if you want to they were targeting him about Ethel because Ethel had escaped and they knew that. And so they were like, is she with you? And he was like, no, and you're free to search my trailer. I mean, just don't just... like trash at this time. Yeah. And then he's like, it's basically like the Waldorf in there. Now. <laughs> that was a great scene. Yeah. Dead. So he drops Ethel off at the apartment after this party. She clearly wants him to like come inside and he's like, well, I'll see you tomorrow. And she's like, Oh, okay. And then she goes in and then Jughead's walking down the hallway and we go back into the apartment. We see Ethel has an intruder and it's the milkman again for reasons. And then we're like, oh no, something's gonna happen to Ethel. But then Jughead gets held up by the cat neighbor Mm-hmm. Who is like, oh, I thought you were the milkman because I just heard the milk bottles. And Jughead's like, and he like runs back to the, to the apartment. I wish you all could have seen that. <laughs> I know, I really, I'm too emotive for, like, <laughs> for an audio podcast. And he busts down the door. I'm thinking we're going to catch them mid-struggle. Mm-hmm. But no, Ethel has stabbed the milkman. Like rapid fire. Like, to I mean- death. <laughs> He's on the floor, bleeding out. Like, I think he's already dead by the time Jughead gets there, which is insane. What did she say, too? She's like, I told I told them it was a milkman or yeah. something, something to that extent. But it makes me look at Ethel with a bit more suspicion because she was not only, like, weirdly prepared for that like attack. Like, she has spidey senses. Yeah. <laughs> but also, she killed him real quick by stabbing, which is how her parents died. And it's not that I think she killed Brad Rayberry because she was in Sisters mm-hmm. of Crime Mercy while that happened, but like it's not a good look and it's just like really suspicious. So like you were a little bit too good at killing yeah. this intruder. Your uh, instincts are a little too uh, on point. So I guess we'll see what happens. So now what do we do? Like is is the milkman done? Are we done with the the milkman as a serial killer? 
I don't know, man. I mean, they this episode left us on two cliffhangers, obviously. Right, that and the the car crash. crash. And we don't have an episode next week, which is we don't. We have a little annoying. hiatus. It's annoying because we finally get like actual cliffhangers, and we have to wait. But stupid. Also, it's nice to have a little break. Good to recharge the batteries. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know because I feel like it's very quick to end that story. It is. It's too quick, but. But this is the same milkman that we've seen around. Mm-hmm. So unless there's another person involved, but I don't know who that person would be and how they would be involved. Like it, unless the milkman was acting under orders of somebody else or I, I don't know. I, I I just don't know. I don't know. Because we, we've left this loose end of Ted Sullivan as the writer of that milkman mm-hmm. comic. I think that still needs to be looked at. But I don't know, maybe not. We got so much other stupid bullshit going on. Right, and at this point, too, Ted Sullivan could be a pseudonym. And <laughs> right. It, it was be, Brad Rayberry all along. <laughs> right? Or it could be just, I mean, what if it's the boss guy? Uh, yeah, I thought that, but I, I don't know. I think he's just kind of like a, a doofus CEO type. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, hopefully we get some type of crazy revelation. I don't like when it's obvious, but... Yeah, I guess we'll find out in two weeks. (laughs) Will we, though? Maybe. We're almost, we've almost reached the point of the announced episodes that we've had for this season. Because episode 13 and the finale, I believe, are the only ones that are outlined for us currently on the Riverdale wiki. So after the 13th episode, we kind of don't really know where we're going. (laughs) So (laughs) we do know for the 13th episode, we will have Hiram and Hermione involved. Mm -hmm. They are both guest starring in that episode. So that's kind of exciting to me. I'm like looking forward to that. Veronica's invisible parents will be visible. Yes. And I think that's very important to the story at this point. But after that, like we have no idea when we're going back to present day Riverdale. Oh God. It could be, it could be the whole season except for the last episode or two. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. We are, we're way past the halfway at this point. We are. Yeah. I mean, like we might as well at this point, it just feels like such a waste of time. Like what are we doing here? My brain hurts thinking about This week's pod pick of the week is a little outside of our indie realm that we usually go with. I don't know if any of you have heard of Page 7, which is pop culture kind of roundup of sorts. But they also do um, a segment of a Riverdale roundup hosted by Jackie Zabrowski and MJ. And I've recently stumbled upon their Riverdale recaps and they're hilarious and you and I are both fans of just the entire LPN network so I needed to bring them up because if anybody is looking for other Riverdale content um, right maybe we missed something maybe we didn't notice or right they will definitely have their outlook is definitely hilarious and if you find us we have a lot of the same opinions yes. <laughs> so but if you find us entertaining i mean they're just gonna basically be there for you too in the uh 
realm of Riverdale ridiculousness. We I all need say. to come together because it's a support group at this time. And when you've made it this far, there's really only a small handful of people who can really appreciate what that means. Yeah. And they're a member of that club. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we do need to stick together. Um, or, you know, in the home stretch. So to the people who have been there from the beginning, um, it's nice to know we have... <laughs> A nice little group going. Um, So definitely check them out and I'll have links to everything in our post. As always, you know where to find us to keep up with our updates, Instagram, Twitter, website. And is there anything you would like to add? Oh no. Um, uh, I don't have any holidays. Hold on. I mean, right now we're celebrating National Rosé Day, so that's fun. Yes. And then also milk. <laughs> and also milk. <laughs> but we did that last time, so we can't do that again. International Axe Throwing Day. Ooh. With an axe. <laughs> Speaking of the LPN Network. <laughs> uh, National Weed Your Garden Day. Get wow. out there and weed. That's pretty much it, actually. The 13th of June is really unsatisfying as a holiday. Oh, the please. 15th is Flag Day. I know that. So everybody flag stuff <laughs> get your flag get on. your flag on <laughs> oh wait, that's the 14th i'm such an idiot the 14th is flag guys <laughs> it's also national pop goes the weasel day wow why is that a thing i don't know oh sweet jesus i hate these these are awful i hate that i've started this because now we're <laughs> now we're sucked in and i gotta celebrate things like international bath day everybody take a bath on the oh, i don't have a bath so well you won't be able to celebrate with the rest of us nope sucks i'm so sorry sucks to suck what <laughs> the 15th is national bug busting day <laughs> wow everybody go kill some bugs bust those bugs <laughs> Only, like, if they're being an intruder to your home. Well, yeah, 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 right. Don't go outside and just start killing things that are living in their natural habitats. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, wow. It's not great. Damn, these these (laughs) national holidays. It's not great. It's out of control. It's out of control. (laughs) So, yeah, until then, that's Endgame. (laughs)